Bush and Richie here with the Daily Takeaway podcast. As you're about to hear on this show, I arrived back from uh, my fact-finding tour of the northeast. Literally minutes before we go on air. Fact-finding tour, I love this. We're staying in a place called Colour Coats, absolutely gorgeous. You know, one of those places where you go for... Because my other half's from, from Annex, so, you know, there's family up there. But, you know, when you, you, you love a place so much in, in the UK that you end up looking in estate agent windows. <laughs> I'd love to move there. I'd actually love to move there. But anyway, we, we were adventuring around uh, Tynemouth, another little bay place up there, which is lovely. And who did I bump into but another member of the Absolute Radio family, Emil from Weekend Early Breakfast. That's, it's so weird when that kind of thing happens. Just such a small world. It blows my mind. Yeah, well, it's mad. He was just sat there with his mate outside the pub. They'd been to see Sam Fender for the Saturday night the night before. Had a little chat with him. We did a little photo. He made a couple of cheeky comments about me having one last look around St James's before Everton getting relegated, which I thought <laughs> was a bit much for the weekend. But I wanted to put it out there. If you've, I don't know if you've bumped into, you know, sometimes you can go to the other side of the world and bump into someone that you used to work with or someone at the end of your street. If that's happened to you, hometime at absoluteradio.co.uk. This is Bush and Rich's Daily Takeaway. Okay. Uh, cheers for everyone who's got in touch saying uh, the word cobs. It's good, good to see that there's a lot of other people sweating out there and yeah. it's not just us. Let us know your location as well so we can get an angle on just how hot it is today. Uh, in other news, uh, my middle daughter, Thea, who's four years old, is now famous. Uh, she's very famous. That's, what, uh, we're gonna, that's pretty much it now. We're going to have to get her an agent because... Uh, she got her Octonauts drawing shown on CBBS last week, which is an amazing thing. Uh, and she drew this picture. Uh, Octonauts, a kids' TV show on CBBS, uh, and we sent it in. And then we were watching like there's there's a bit in the day where they do all the you know the gallery pretty much, uh, and, it, and it, her picture wasn't on. So we I've been watching it for ages with her at set time every day, slagging other kids' artwork <laughs> off. He's 15. You've seen the state of that? You did better than that, love. And we'd kind of given up on it. And then your little lad, Rocco, spotted it when, when we weren't concentrating. It's an astonishing set of circumstances that he was watching CBeebies at home and then suddenly out of nowhere just shouts, Thea! Now, this is obviously after a, a, a week together, the yeah. two of them. Uh, and, um, yeah, it turns out that he actually had seen her on television with her picture. It was a beautiful moment. Uh, so that's that's a gorgeous thing. Thea's absolutely over the moon about it. She does genuinely think she's famous. And, the star, you know, the, scar, the stars are the limit, the sky's the limit for her, which is true. You know, she's got the whole her whole life ahead of her. But... Uh, she's already gone one one better than me because I was never on I was never on telly when I was a kid. The closest I come to being on TV when I was a kid was a lad in my year called Jeff Duggan got his question read out in a letter on the Really Wild Show, <laughs> and he wrote in and asked. Um, obviously, he wrote in and asked, "Can kangaroos swim?" <laughs> and the way that, you know he was famous in our year for getting that on you know Really Wild Show. I can never remember what the answer was. Whether they can or not, do you know what I mean? I, I don't think they can, because they've not got webbed feet, have they? I know, but why did Jeff write in? There must be some kind of grey area around it for Jeff to pick up the, the And also, pen and their, their pouch would flood. Well, this is it. It'd be, you know, it's a bit like, you know, sometimes you get, like, water in the pockets of your swimming trunks. <laughs> yeah. You have to empty them out when you get out. Um, so, I don't know, first hour of this show tonight, if you were on telly when you were a kid, in any capacity, get in touch. Have you ever been on TV? N- never as a kid. Never as a kid. Envious of Thea. I mean, obviously, kids have been, like, doing drawings of TV characters yeah. and sending them into telly for years and years and years. But I've never known of anybody who actually got their drawing on telly. So, I always kind of thought it was just producers in the background with crayons. Well, yeah, yeah kind of, or, or a bit of nepotism getting, yeah. you know, friends and family involved <laughs> as well. You know, there is that risk as well that, you know, if you have such fame at such an early age, yeah. where do you go from there? Do you point. know what I mean? Like Macaulay Culkin. But, so look, if, you, if, you, if you've been on telly as a kid, in whatever capacity, even in the background of some kind of news bulletin or something like that, text us now and 
sing about it to the rest of the group. I was just saying earlier on, the closest I came is my friend Jeff Duggan wrote to the Really Wild Show to ask if kangaroos can swim, but we never knew what the answer was. An update on that. Mark says all mammals can swim, so that includes kangaroos. And uh, another one here says you should never enter the water if a kangaroo is in there. They will try to drown you because of their strength. They, have you seen a photo of, of, a, of a kangaroo flexing? It's astonishing. It is, they're like, uh, it's like Jeff Capes. Uh, Karen says, top search on Google, can kangaroos swim? Answer is yes. That little message there is why I feel like a little bit of the magic's gone out of the yeah. world. Because <laughs> Jeff wrote into the Really Wild show for something that Karen's ruined in a couple of seconds. Uh, Lee says, uh, I was there when the helicopter landed at St Hilda's College during an episode of Treasure Hunt featuring Annika Rice. <laughs> Legendary. High, high praise. Uh, Frank Boff, what a name from our wow. childhoods. Uh, Holiday 87, says Matt. The days when there were holiday TV shows. <laughs> Not such a thing these days. Uh, Tim says, gents, I was on Songs of Praise with Ina Sharples. I did a Mary Berry cake mix advert, three episodes of Emmerdale, and my piece de la resistance was to read a poem to camera in a Yorkshire TV special called, I kid you not, Frank Muir on Children. <laughs> All before I was 15 and then reality kicked in. This is it, you have the fame too young and it can be downhill from there. We've got Anne-Marie on the line, tell us about your moment of fame when you were a kid, Anne-Marie. Okay, so when I was about 14, we, some people decided to do this Listen to Des O'Connor records for charity. And I, <laughs> Is that an endurance thing? <laughs> yes, it was because, remember like there was a bit of a joke about like him being rubbish and all the rest of it, so we, I think me and my mate just decided to do it so we didn't have to go out at lunchtime in the right. cold, so we sort of joined in with that. So um, anyway, the show, his show, Des O'Connor Tonight, gets filmed on, on a Tuesday to go out on a Wednesday, so we got to go down in a minibus on a Tuesday night to ITV Studios and <laughs> did this like live link up so we were all like huddled like in this thing and I made sure I was at the back but you could see my head and um, then he was sort of saying you know what a great thing you've done like this for charity and then he had to say um, you know I'll tell you what as I'm here I could sing a song for you now and we just all had to run off screaming oh wow I see so uh, he played along with the joke kind of thing that you didn't want to hear any more of his songs he did, yeah, and I mean, just thinking about it makes me sweat. Well, good sport so though, yes, things. good sport, Des, for playing along with a it. Great you know what I mean? sport, and not not just appearing on television as a kid, but being crooned to by Des O'Connor. People would pay for that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, I, I, yeah, I guess. <laughs> well, has he got a lot of records? Like, if you, in terms of sitting down and listening to these, how many has he been banging them out non-stop? Has he, Des? God, I mean, I can't remember. I mean, this was a long time ago. How long did Once you listen to him for? We just had to do it. I think it was like for a week in our lunch hour or something like that. <laughs> Hey, t any teachers listening to this, you have to new detention ideas. Think the other ones don't work? Brilliant. Great to speak to you. Claire says, uh, Bush and Richie, I was on Crime Watch back in 1986. Our primary school was picked to make an advert as part of the Essex Police Christmas Crime Prevention Campaign to be aired on Crime Watch. About eight of us got to take the day off on a school trip to Asda to shoot the advert. Uh, Jamie's hanging on. Was your moment of stardom? Yep, I uh, was on the opening titles to Saint and Greasy in the 1989-90 season. I was in the Paxton at White Hart Lane celebrating one of Gaz's glorious goals in the 1980s. Brilliant. So, I mean, what an iconic programme from when we were oh, kids, Saint Greasy. Absolutely used to love it. A brilliant brilliant theme music and everything as well. Which, what, what bit of you was in it then? Was it like you, you jumping around or just a little bit of you? It was my right arm. I was stood on a milk crate, stood <laughs> up by my dad, behind the goal, and yeah... It went in, and you could just see my arm. I recognised the jacket I was wearing back in the day, back in the 1980s when I was a kid, and I thought I was the coolest kid at school, but 
I may have that wrong. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I was going to ask exactly how identifiable your right arm was, but uh, if it was a particular jacket, then... Well, what kind of jacket was this if you were the coolest kid in school? It was a basketball jacket from the 1980s that I got my parents to buy me from one of the dodgy Sunday markets back in the day. Wow, you must look like one of the kids from Sesame Street or something <laughs> like that. More like Oscar the Grouch, I reckon. <laughs> uh, final comment in then on when, you know, were you ever on telly when you were a kid? Uh, John says, my brother was on Rosie and Jim, two ragdolls on a narrowboat, but it never made him famous. I remember that. I didn't remember there being guests on that. Yeah, I don't remember there being any humans on it at all. No, there was just the puppets. Yeah, they, they came alive incredibly yeah. creepily on a narrowboat <laughs> somewhere in the wilderness in the West Country. Almost need more uh, more intel on that one. Please let us know. I feel like he's revelling that his brother ne- never really got anywhere from yes. it. Do you know what I mean? What nasty quality. John, get back in touch, mate. This is Bush and Rich's Daily Takeaway. Uh, so... I, I was in the northeast over the weekend watching Sam Fender at St James's Park. I was so jealous. It was amazing. It was absolutely amazing. Uh, it was very, very Newcastle. <laughs> As an Evertonian, it's rare to go there and not have to leave early. Uh, but it, it was crazy. I, I felt like I was undercover because you, know, you remember the bit in Police Academy where they went undercover to a biker meetup. Mm-hmm. I felt like that because uh, everybody was in black and white stripes. And you know, I kind of felt a bit jealous in that. Obviously. My club's going through like a turmoil at the moment, yeah. but it was a lovely moment for people of the northeast and fair play to Newcastle. They've had they've had a long old haul in the wilderness, so it's great to see them back and everything as well. But I've never seen anything like it. It was just it was almost like it was a Geordie Heaton Park. Some of the social media pictures I've seen with like the fireworks at the end and all that kind of it's incredible. Fireworks, ticker tape. The main thing though is a two pinter. I've never had a two pinter before. Two-pinter. Have you ever had a two pinter? I've never had a two pinter. There were people walking around with two pinters of Guinness, like a waste paper bin full of Guinness. I would be there with that for ages. Big it prob- would go so warm. Oh, it's a me- I know. You think about how that would curdle later <laughs> on the evening. The weirdest thing is with a two pinter, though, because it's so big, you drink it like the way a squirrel eats a nut, and I'm not entirely cool with it. <laughs> the Daily Takeaway. Bush and Richie's Daily Takeaway. And my word, hasn't it been hot the last few days? Uh, I have to tell you this story, though, uh, that I, I got told this morning, about an hour into the working day. Uh-huh. Uh, so, obviously, it's been really... It's still really hot today, been really hot over the weekend. Uh, Natalie got into work today, and uh, she's an office manager and responsible for, like, looking after, like, the food in the office and that kind of stuff. All their chocolate and snacks <laughs> over the weekend melted. Just oh, no. all congealed and melted over the weekend. So what, not, not put in a kind of cooler, chiller thing, or, or they left in the wrong place? Or uh, I think is it a my, human error? I, I don't know exactly where they were left, but they, 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 they weren't in a fridge. And oh, I, I think that was the first thing she did was go and put them into a fridge. So they've all sort of like melted back into strange shapes. But somebody had got like a bag of... Um, you know you get those like yoghurt-covered raisins? Oh, oh, yeah. All those had melted into one giant ball of yogurty raisin and apparently that was really nice it's just like what people feed birds on bird tables <laughs> exactly that Whatever that stuff's called but everywhere you go at the moment things are melting i was in reading over the weekend went around a, a, a roundabout and you could hear underneath the car you could you could hear the tarmac sliding 
as that was melting. Yeah. And it transported me back to a kid uh, when I had a bright idea of taking my Sabutio outside during one of the summer holidays yeah, yeah. and playing Sabutio outside on the, on the table, on the patio, and left it out there in the sunshine. Oh. And my Arsenal away team all started to <laughs> melt. And they all, like, sagged. And also, I'd, I'd taken the stand outside and one of the one of the roofs of my stand started to just melt, and it, that's how it stayed forever. Even when I took it back up in the loft, one of the stands slightly melted. It's like a little memory of that awful, fateful day of the summer of '88 or whenever it was. One other thing that's been going on with the hot weather today as well is I don't know if anyone else has noticed this, but there's a certain plant or leaf out there, or like a tree, that's been like making the floor really sticky. Yes, like some kind of like flypaper trap. Yes, it's kind of weird. Had that as I walked. Walked to the station this morning. You, could, you you looked at the pavement. It was as if it was raining underneath that tree. It wasn't. Pavement was a completely different colour because of sap. But I walked through it, and then I was walking behind this businesswoman on the way to the tube station, and I felt like I was like some kind of like criminal from like a cartoon. <laughs> like <laughs> <laughs> the creature from the deep was following us. I'm so sorry. I must go in my shoes. Uh, the worst story you can share with us that is about something melting, please. Uh, this is this is a horrendous story from Chris. You got to weep for Chris here. Uh, an original Boba Fett figurine. Oh dear. Too close to the fire when I was a child. Melted. Worth about £2,000 now. Wow, that's a real 80s thing, that, isn't it? Is yeah. There's an undercurrent of uh, spontaneous human combustion in there. <laughs> old fashioned <laughs> Caligas <laughs> heater. Look, my, my melting story is a weird one. Uh, my mum and dad used to run an old people's home down in Devon when yeah. I was a kid. So most of like the middle part of my teens and everything and, and into my early 20s, we lived at an old people's home in Brixham. And uh, one of the old ladies used to do this thing where she would wash her knickers in the sink and then leave them in the on the windowsill to dry. Right, okay. it's just, this is how we rolled in this yeah. uh, old people's home. Uh, but she would also do crosswords uh, in her chair and everything. And one day, on, in the middle of a really hot summer, she left a magnifying glass that she used to do the crossword on top of her knickers in, in, in her window. And then, like something out of, uh, you know, the A-team, sunlight went through the magnifying glass, set fire to her knickers whole middle level of the house went on fire. No. She was fine, saved by the fire brigade, and we ended up on the TSW local news. Wow. So what about that wow. for a melting story? <laughs> if anyone can beat that, and it ties into earlier on about being a kid and being on telly. It certainly does. Andy says, doing my cub cooking badge when I was younger, I had to make cheeseburgers. I never took the cheese slices out of their wrapper. Well, they always say that kind of cheese tastes a bit plasticky. That takes it to the next level. He says that he still passed the badge, though, which oh. is interesting. Dif different times, but then different times. Uh, this text says, I was never allowed to borrow my brother's action men as a kid. I was nine years younger than my brother and didn't play with them anymore, but he still left them on top of his wardrobe, gathering dust, so I used to sneak into his room, take them down and play with them when he wasn't there. One particularly cold day, I was playing in front of the fan heater in my room again. Uh, this is like the 80s and it 70s ever? all over again. And I didn't realise, but I accidentally melted the back end of my brother's six-wheeled amphibious vehicle. Needless to say, I wasn't allowed to play with them ever again. But bless him. <laughs> uh, Charlotte, uh, tell us, what melted? Yes, um, when we were younger, we went away on a family holiday Um and my dad, in all his wisdom, decided that we'd go outside and we'd have a barbecue with one of the disposable barbecues you can get. Mm -hmm. And um, all sat down around the plastic table and chairs. And we thought he would put the barbecue onto the table and it melted straight through. My God, he must be gone down in history as, like, you know, in the local fire station as being that guy that did that. He must have felt so stupid. Yes, um, he's one of those people that would never admit it. Um, he didn't find it very funny either, but... 
Um, we, yeah, we all find it quite funny. He wasn't very impressed, though. And in a rented property as well. It's not even yours. I know. We spent, well, my dad, my mum spent hours scraping it up off the floor, scrubbing the floor, trying to disguise it. <laughs> How do you disguise a table that's got a hole in the middle of it because some dad tried to do a barbecue on top? I know, I know. It was a disaster, but um, he's got the gift of the gap, so he managed to talk his way out of it, thankfully. Oh, wow. And is he, is he uh, partial to a barbecue anymore or is he kind of just leaving them alone now because of that? No, he, he leaves them alone now. He'll, he'll come round to my house for one, but no, he won't, he won't have any round his house. Uh, Jenny says, I had a 12-inch Metallica one record. I kept my curtains closed in my bedroom as I had a bay window. My aunt had come round and thought I was being a goth teenager. Opened the curtains, melted the record onto oh, my record player. That's awful, isn't it's it? It's terrible. Especially if that was worth quite a bit exactly. going forward as well. Uh, this person says, I grew up in South Africa. We had a coffee table in the lounge with a glass orb in a glass bowl on the table, set between two leather sofas. Uh, we all went out and forgot to close the curtains, returned home to an awful smell. On entering the lounge, we had a long burnt line across the sofa because the glass orb wasn't perfectly <laughs> symmetrical, refracted the light, looked a bit like the outline of Table Mountain. This is like a science lesson. It's again light refraction, like the old people's zone from earlier on. Carl is hanging on. What melted, Carl? Uh, so mother put a uh, Christmas pudding in the oven when I was a kid and uh, in a Tupperware bowl. And we're sitting to eating Christmas dinner, uh, thinking uh, it's all going well, and it wasn't. <laughs> Stand so, the house out and we all there sit in the garden. <laughs> so you put the you put the, the Tupperware bowl into the oven and it kind of burnt then, basically, essentially. Of course Carl. it did, yeah, melted. <laughs> Don't say of course it did to me, you did it. <laughs> and then you, what you said, you then had to go and sit out in the garden on Christmas Day. Yeah, because it stunk. <laughs> the air stunk. Um, are you, uh, uh, have you ever had Christmas pudding since, Carl? Have you, you ventured towards actually making it again or, since that trauma? Uh, well... Not a avid fan, to be honest. Okay. <laughs> I can imagine it would scar. Yeah, yeah, it would stay with you, that, wouldn't it? Are you all right, though, Carl? Are you okay, though, now, yeah, these days? Uh, yeah, with regard Christmas pudding, yeah. Okay, good. I'm yeah. just glad that you found peace. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, thanks. <laughs> Uh, still hot, still getting messages about uh, people melting. Well, not necessarily people melting. That would be uh, that'd be horrendous. Spontaneous human combustion <laughs> only only happened in the eighties. For some reason, people stopped catching fire after that. <laughs> well, I guess Andrew in Wrexham kind of has. He says worst thing that melted for me was my trousers. Uh, I oh work at God. a bakery in a supermarket. A big hole appeared in my backside. I'm thinking Is like it, a lean, a lean towards an I oven. I really hope so, and that's not him melting the trousers himself, just because he's so hot. So damn hot. What a legend he must be in the workplace. Sam from Kent says, my size 12, had to get that in there, rubber-soled brown loafers melted when they left them out in a heat wave. They almost curled in on themselves like snail shells and were, he adds, completely unwearable. He had a go, though, didn't he? <laughs> He had a go. This is Bush and Rich's Daily Takeaway. In time for this. Any other business. We do generally find that uh, a lot of listeners to the Daily Takeaway who can't interact live use the chance to uh, interact on any other business uh, with things that they've heard. A lot of people will be getting in touch after last week. We were talking about the Tooth Fairy. Yeah, so a, a home-time listener got in touch, wanted to know what the going rate for his lad, uh, who's like seven or eight years old, just his tooth come out. What's the going rate for the Tooth Fairy paying for it? Dan in Scarborough says, being an avid fan of the fantasy genre, uh, this subject has tweaked my interest, so I decided to look it up. Uh, the exchange 
exchange of teeth for money dates back to the Vikings, where children's teeth were believed to bring luck in battle. So they would pay for any teeth that fell out, with uh, Vikings even making necklaces out of them. That's unbelievable. Uh, the earliest recorded actual cost of a tooth was from Chicago in 1908, where the cost was five cents. In other accounts, payment was the only offered for the first tooth to fall out. The notion of them building castles out of teeth, do you remember we had a listener phone in yes. and eerily say that they were the- taking, the fairies were taking the teeth away to make buildings? I remember this. Uh, like Doozers from Fraggle Rock. The notion of them building castles out of teeth is only in the TV version of Terry Pratchett's The Hogfather. I can't remember if it's mentioned in the book, but I like this idea. So the cost of the tooth is either five cents or whatever a Viking deems it to be worth to bring them luck in battle. <laughs> that is a definitive answer. Wow. If ever you're going to go on, what about that? Uh, if you want to drop us an email, hometime at absoluteradio.co.uk. The Daily Takeaway. Bush and Richie's Daily Takeaway. Bumping in for you at the end here. Brilliant. There might even be a phoner at some yeah. point. All right. Do it, do it, do it. Well, there's your daily takeaway. Um, mentioned at the beginning about bumping into people. I yeah. should share with you the, the person that I bumped into that still blows my mind. Yeah. My dad. You bumped into your own dad? I bumped into my own dad. Now, that might sound quite underwhelming, but let me tell you the circumstances. I'd finished work... Uh, and I was heading home for the day uh, and I uh, walked out of Soho, up Carnaby Street, uh, to Oxford Circus. All locations that whether you live or don't work in London, you know it's busy, right? Yeah. Down underground, onto the tube, down the escalators, waiting on the Victoria Line. Tube pulls in, get onto tube, sit down, bag by my legs and just relax. I'm like, oh, okay, right. Head home, get home. Open my eyes, seat right in front of me on the tube, it's my dad. Oh, wow. Exactly. So if you think about the chances of it, I've left Did he not say anything? No, he sat opposite you? Is he not? Honestly, both of us just looked at each other for about ten seconds as if to say, this is just so weird. It's like an awful Black Mirror episode. Yeah. Isn't it? (laughs) Like, oh, it's just because, oh, that's a strange coincidence. And then I'm thinking, why are you going north? When you're heading, when I'm heading south, but hey, I said, well, you've said before, on, uh, actually not on this show, but you have said before when you've you've offered to your dad to have find my phone put on his phone. He's not interested. He's in never it. interested. I think there's a little red flag, but I kind of admire him <laughs> for it.